Um, I'm still not, not saying India is going to get through. They're just a bunch of selfish dogs. There, so they, they have their own culture. <laughs> greed. They've, got, they've, got, they've got some cultural issues to sort out, mate. Like, yeah. I've never seen a captain. I've never seen a captain in an Asia Cup game spit at their bowler for dropping a catch. Like that's yeah. that's unprecedented. Welcome back to Cricket Central, a podcast where we discuss all the stories, big and small, for a blockbuster T20 World Cup preview podcast here today. I've got Pearson Navod and Ethan all with us. We've got um, a special guest coming on a bit later to give his predictions um, and the, the whole sort of extended universe of Cricket Centre has given their views on how the World Cup is going to go. So we've got um, a, a lot to talk about. Um, but first off, how are we all? Navod, what have you been up to? Yeah, just piled on with assignments at this point. Uh, so University is uh, very busy, but still hanging in there as usual. Ah, yes. Yeah, no, we were just saying the other day, weren't we, that it, the annoying thing about the timing of the World Cup is that it's during exams. It's going to be a bit hard for us to follow it all. But, um, you know, we will, well, I know I'm willing to, to sacrifice my exams for the good of the Cricket Central podcast. So, you know, <laughs> it'll be hard to do, but we, we'll do it. Uh, Ethan, uh, how are you? How's, uh, have you done your, uh, started your cricket coaching yet? I have actually got my got my level one the other day, and there was a uh, this this bloke who claimed he played Pakistan under 19s, and he just we were supposed to design our own drills, and he kept just talking about bowling leg spin the whole time, um, and didn't even get to the drill. So that was that was interesting. <laughs> but we've we've had we've had what a, a training and a game, both of which were washed out due to rain. Um, so we've been doing it either indoors or or a stifled session in the middle. So looking forward to getting some actual in-person action hopefully tomorrow wait what age are you coaching under 14s oh, okay. actually tomorrow is raining as well so it looks like we're in, <laughs> indoors at maddox uh, again yeah yeah it's not going to be a good summer for getting cricket i don't think from what i've heard yeah. but uh, anyway pearson what have you been up to not much i'm off to the england australia game tomorrow Navod wouldn't come because he cares too much about his academics, but yeah. I'll be there and I'm looking forward to it. Wow, that, that, that's good to hear. Um, yeah, hopefully it's uh, just as controversial as the, the game the other night. Uh, we can get on to that uh, a little later. Um, I've got, uh, you know, just normal sort of week at uh, the University of Wollongong. We've got Adam Gilchrist coming down on uh, Thursday to uh, give a talk to us. So, yeah, you know. Nothing too unusual for the, the great city of Wollongong. Anyway, uh, we should get on to our World Cup preview. We thought that the best way to, to give the, the best top-notch analysis and everything was to go through each of the, well, to go through 10 of the teams, the eight teams that are guaranteed to be um, in, in the two groups and the two teams that we're hoping to get through the, the qualifying tournament in Sri Lanka and West Indies. Um, so, um, we had a lot of conjecture on how to do it, but we're going to go alphabetical order. So, Pearson, you, if you could just put up the alphabetical order again, that would be... <laughs> <laughs> um, so, without uh, further ado, um, I've been given the task of doing Afghanistan. So, Afghanistan, obviously, coming off of pretty good performance at the World Cup last year. They beat Namibia and Scotland. Um, and got close in a, a couple of other games, if I remember correctly. Also, 
They've also been in fairly good form this year, um, beating Sri Lanka in an Asia Cup group stage game, beating the, the, the team that went on to be champions of the Asia Cup um, in that match. So that was uh, impressive. But then they lost all three of their matches in the, the Super Super Four stage of that tournament. So, um, you know, not coming in um, in the, with the greatest records. Uh, but sort of the big things about their team is we learned last year that it's not just um, Rashid Khan and Mohamed Nabi anymore. They've got um, some strong batsmen such as Najibullah Zadran, um, who scored a couple of 50s at the last tournament. Um, and since then, uh, Ramanula Gerbaz um, has shown some big signs, a lot of potential, um, without really sort of having the, the massive knock, but he definitely looks a, a good player and looks like someone who could uh, perform pretty well uh, in this tournament. Uh, I guess the big question for them is they've, they've got a, a pretty good bowling lineup for subcontinent conditions, some great um, spin bowlers with Rashid Khan, Mujib, Guraman, Mohamed Nabi and Kais Ahmed now. But I guess the question is whether that can do the job down in Australia um, and then also whether they do have the, the batting lineup to actually um, hit a defendable total um, on Australian pitches. Um, and really, it's an unknown at the moment because a lot of their squad is pretty young and we could see them do some, uh, do some damage uh, at, at this tournament, um, that's for sure. Um, and they're definitely not a team you can write off um, by, by any means. Always a dark horse, really, Afghanistan. Not not to be underestimated. I think last World Cup they they took that India game very close to the wire, if I can remember correctly. And in that Asia Cup as well, I think it was just one a one wicket victory that Pakistan managed over them. So, I mean, we'll talk a lot about how this World Cup's probably going to be decided on the ability of the top two or three teams in each group to beat each other. But what you can't do is afford to drop a game against an Afghanistan or or a Sri Lanka and being bring net run rate into it. So probably don't have great hopes of them in terms of finalists, but certainly capable of pulling off an upset on their day. Yeah. Could yeah. not disagree more with the dark horse thing. It annoys me to no end. Every tournament Afghanistan play in, and this isn't having a go at you, this is having a go at the wider cricketing public. They're called a dark horse every time. They then go in and they lose every game. And then we That's still call them dark horses. Well, they they, they, lose by they a beat of runs. Scotland and Namibia. Scotland yeah. and Namibia are teams that any full test playing nation should be beating. I know we lost to them once, Chayton. Well, not Namibia, but Scotland. I know we lost to back in like 2018 or 19. But this was the whole thing of everyone's like, oh, don't underestimate the threat of Afghanistan in the 2019 World Cup. I'm pretty sure they lost basically every game by 100 runs. I just don't trust them to do anything. They're lucky to have qualified automatically. They didn't deserve it over Navod's Sri Lanka or I think, is it whoever the other one is that's good that's coming through in the Zimbabwe. qualifiers? Yeah, no, okay, they're better than Zimbabwe. Ireland, Ireland, but Ireland actually is probably nice. I, I would call them better competition for Ireland than they are for ever beating anyone else so no they're not really a dark horse they're not bad they're just not very good they they'd they'd get relegated from a div one county tournament so they're not going to win a t20 world cup but they're not bad i like some of them richard khan's great but it depends really on the individuals 
But yeah, I don't know. They're going to need Rashid Khan to perform. They'll need, I want to say it's Gurbaz is the opener that performs for them. But beyond that, yeah, I, I just don't rate them as highly as others do. Rashid's not turned up in a tournament before, so don't expect it to change now. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see what happens. It, most likely that they'll be up against Sri Lanka. Um, we're in the same group as Sri Lanka, Group A, and Australia, actually. So could see what happens. But uh, anyway, the next team in our alphabetical order is the reigning champions um, of Australia. Um, and really not too much to say about Australia. Obviously, we've got the, the two best openers in Finch and Warner. We've got the best middle order in Marsh, Maxwell, David Stoinis, Wade. Um, and then, you know, we've got the best bowling lineup in the world too, of Cummins, Dark, Hazelwood and Zampa. Really no weaknesses in the team, you'd probably have to say. Uh, no, sorry, Ethan, no, I haven't hit my heart. I have been a, a <laughs> over the top here with that. Probably not quite, but we do have a few few weaknesses. Um, namely, really, the question, I guess, is whether we can... Uh, big enough scores consistently throughout the tournament. Um, we had an amazing record of 13 um, consecutive T20 run chases of uh, yeah when we were chasing, um, which was uh, broken by um, our loss to England um, the other day. But there is the question of when we do have to bat first, whether we can put on a big enough score. Uh, David Warner looks in very impressive form. Going into the World Cup last year, there were questions over both him and Finch of whether um, they were still able to do the job at the top. But Warner looks like he definitely can. Finch has shown signs the last in the West Indies series um, and a couple balls in England before he was run out uh, against England before he was run out. And maybe he's back, but that is also a question there. Uh, and then when you look at our middle water, there's quite a few batsmen who are out of form. Um, really, Maxwell's the big one. Uh, I think you know, it's been about 11 innings uh, since he uh, last made a score. Um, Stoinis as well, going back from injury, um, is in need of a, um, a big score. And really, when you look at us, the, a lot of our wins have come from uh, Wade at the end, being doing heroics, really. Uh, and it's not really great going into a... Um, tournament. That's debating. There are questions, but you know we are we are the champions, and you know we have been winning games fairly consistently even since then. Uh, so I think we're still definitely uh, a good shout. The other thing to note from our bowlers is why while we are, are quite good early on in the innings um, with Stark and Hazelwood, um, and then Zampa through the middle overs as well. We probably do back someone who we know we can go to as a finisher as well, which, which could be a question later on as well. I'm sure you guys will have some big views on Australia. Do we think they are definitely the favourites? I'll say yes. I admit, and I am spoiling my predictions here, I think they will probably win. I do think it's a toss-up. I think there's a lot of teams that could win in a way there often aren't in these tournaments. As I see it, I think the fact they're at home and the fact they have no critical injuries puts them just a tiny bit above everyone else. I think there'd be an argument for India as favourites if they had Bumrah. There'd definitely be an argument for England as favourites if they had Archer. But both of them are missing their first choice, Seema, who both opens and closes the innings. So I think you may well be the most complete side. It's going to come down to form for me. As I look at your top five, and 
one is in form, two are out of form, and two are coming back from injury. If they fire, you'll go a long way in the competition, may well win. If they don't fire on their return from injury, you could have issues. I, I also, and I think this might get debated further by others, I also think their bowling attack should include Nathan Ellis. I think he's superb. I don't think current, not current, the other C player, Cummins, Cummins, Cummins even. I don't think Cummins should play T20 cricket. I think he needs to save his body. And in all honesty, I think Ellis is a better T20 bowler. So is it a good side? Yes. Are they favourites? Probably. Do they have weaknesses? Yes, they do. Um, Ethan, the big question's coming out. It's probably a good time to, to discuss it now. Um, obviously, we've been talking for months about what Australia's batting order is going to be. Um, and I guess the big one of whether Smith um, should be out, I think that's probably been um, sort of made pretty obvious now. But what is your view? I sort of just presumed a few things when I went through the batting order there, but who do you think we should play? Um, I know I actually saw, I was confused, Green's not actually in our World Cup squad, I don't think. So I thought that he was a chance, but he's not even actually in the squad. Um, So did you agree with my... Who should be in? Or I'm not expecting you to say Smith should be in. But what's your view? Yeah, I think there were some doubts that we had about six months ago, which have sort of been answered. I think we were all a bit bewildered when they came up with this new look, Steve Smith, and it was all talk and not a whole lot of walk. The the different role that we saw Smith boast about, but. I mean, it seemed inevitable that Tim David would get a run in the side and then it's a question of whether he takes his opportunity or not. To be fair, he hasn't really set the world alight. It was one one good innings and the rest just is more off domestic hype. But I, I suppose that one innings is, is probably enough given our scepticism over Smith. So, I mean, I'd expect a, a similar lineup to the one you mentioned. I think the, the question is, what order are they going to bat in? I mean, I think we're yet to see Maxwell, Stoinis, Wade, Marsh and David all, all in the same 11. And then it's a question of you, you probably stick with Stoinis 6 and, and Wade 7. I think some people think Tim David should be 6 based on the, the finishing ability. But uh, personally, I, I rate that partnership given the success last World Cup. And then to me, it's a toss-up between Maxwell and David at, at 4 and 5. I think Maxwell's historically been a very good four, but he's lacked a bit of form of late, whereas Tim David's shown his powers of destruction, even batting three in the Pakistan Super League, which is where he gained the most notable strides for his career. So it'll be interesting to see what lineup we do go with. And if we do see that in a warm-up game, what their initial lineup will be. So I suspect they'll stick with that. Yeah, I was um, thinking that David, you know, is looking quite good. But the other night... Um, someone did mention in the, the commentary that he does seem to have already got a bit of a weakness um, in his batting. I think two games in a row he got out sort of pulling um, across the line and top edging it um, there. Uh, so eventually that's a bit of a worry coming in. Also, uh, Navai, you're not quite so bullish on Australia as some of the rest of us, are you, I don't think? No, I think I think they'll have a good chance in this World Cup. It's it's home conditions. Um, they're very used to the bouncy pitches. Um, Australia is very um, capable in, in performing in these types of conditions. And I think they'll they'll do quite well. So again, I'm kind of spoiling my prediction a little bit. Uh, but I think I have to agree with Pearson. Weird that I'm saying that. Um, don't usually say that. But 
Um, I think Ellis is a really good um, addition. Uh, I think he performed really brilliantly against England. He was really the, the pick of the bowlers uh, and he, he performed uh, really well. And I, I think that's guaranteed his spot. He was just a class above everyone else. He's a young, talented bloke. We've seen what he can do in the IPL. Um, and yeah, he's shown that he can play. Um, he, he can really perform when others don't. So I think he's a good, um, he should be in that uh, in that squad if he's not already in it. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure if he is in or not. But I'm I don't sure. think he is. I'm pretty no. sure he's a travelling reserve, but I could be yeah. wrong. We can bring him in if, if anything goes drastically wrong in the first few minutes. <laughs> if Hammond get hits, gets hit for 50 in a game, then I'm sure he can make a change. Anyway, we better move on. I think, Ethan, you've got the job of talking about Bangladesh. Oh, well, we go from one World Cup favourite to another with uh, a bit of <laughs> Bangladesh. I mean, there's there's not a whole lot to say here. I mean, they're, they're still got to qualify for the tournament, first of all. So oh, um, pen, yeah. pen, pending pending a victory over Scotland, they, they should make it into Group B um, with India, Pakistan, South Africa and some other side uh, to be confirmed. I, I thought it was interesting recently they, they sent out a, a note about building a game plan around hitting very few sixes, which, which I thought was an, an interesting strategy based on their, they've had a look at their team and they don't think they're capable of such a feat, so they're, they're going to revolve more around the, the fours, ones and twos. Um, and honestly, it might be advantageous given the, the larger grounds that you do get in, in Australia. So certainly there is there is opportunity for, for more twos than you'd ordinarily get. And you, you do probably find a lot of teams getting caught out on the boundary. So a change of strategy might be interesting. Um, that being said, they were winless last World Cup, and I, I don't think we're expecting anything but the same. Um, they they do have some good players: Lytton Darth, Shakib Al Hassan, Tuskin Ahmed, and Sharapil Islam. All all have done things in the past. Um, obviously, T20 is a, a bit flexible in the sense that anyone can beat anyone on their day, but I, I think that there's a less chance of Bangladesh causing an upset than someone like in Afghanistan. Um, which is a painful truth. Um, they, they've had a, a little bit of exp- ex- experimentation at the top of the order with uh, off-spinner Mahedi Hassan opening the batting. Um, it's, it's an interesting idea. I think historically pinch hitters haven't quite worked so well, but if they're not trying to hit sixes, I, I'd be interested to see what, what this game plan goes goes like. I think five or five in the first game, so not a whole lot to speak about there. But, I mean, it, it's more, more so a participation uh, game for Bangladesh, I think, doing the country proud and hopefully trying to get a win this World Cup. That was very diplomatically said that they're probably not, not a team that's... Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to say what, what Elliot said about the, the Bangladesh <laughs> side, yeah. Yeah, well, I, they, they seem to really, we won't go on it too much, but they do seem to be in some poor form, even for their standards. I remember a few years ago, there was sort of hope that they might be the next team to sort of be challenged, but I guess, do you think they've... I know you're not an expert in Bangladesh, but uh, do you think they're maybe getting a little old now, some of their players? Is that fair to say? Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. I mean, a, a number of these players have been around for a while. I mean, they, they upset New Zealand in New Zealand in that test match. So, I mean, they show signs of what they, they can do, but I think they did have a lot of experienced players like Mashrafi Mortaza and Tamim Iqbal who have sort of stepped back. And so I guess there, there is a little bit of rebuild going on and they sort of neither have that experience or youth in their side at the minute. 
All right, well, we go to the, the team who well and really choked last tournament um, in England, winning its massive favourites and uh, fell in the semi finals hurdle. Pearson. Technically, that's not true because the bookies' favourite was India going into the tournament. But I do, I do agree. I think we massively underperformed in that New Zealand game. They needed fifty-six, I think, off the last five overs to win and won way too comfortably. That could be something that we translate into this tournament of just not being able to bowl at the death. There were promising signs in that warm-up game against Australia yesterday two days ago forget how long ago that was that was good we actually closed out a game that we probably shouldn't have won i think there's a big bonus in the fact that wood has returned if i'm looking through the side i would expect butler to open with Hales. there's definitely debate to be had here but i would argue that's the strongest opening pair in this world cup i can understand a team that I'll be recapping later. Pakistan might have a claim to that. I just think the extra explosiveness of the England pair take it. Milan is an interesting one. He's historically strong on bouncy wickets like those found in Australia. However, he's not been great for a while in T20. And with Stokes certainly coming in at four, his spot could be in danger or we might just see too many defensive shots between the two of them. I think Stokes is another risk. As I said before, he'll probably come in at four. But his couple overs he might be able to bowl could give us a batting-heavy lineup, which isn't a bad thing. Uh, Brook will be at five. He's definitely a big prospect. Whether he comes in and performs or not is really anyone's guess. He's not hugely experienced in Australia. He's had great series in Pakistan and a great PSL before that. However, he did fail for Hobart and he failed in his first innings in this series. So there's no guarantee he'll adapt to Australia. Six, I'm going to say Moeen for the ease of comparing our two options. He's one of the form players in T20 cricket in the world at the minute. Very explosive and can still chip in with a couple overs, even if it is a bit expensive. Uh, number seven is where the debate will lie. We could take the Australia model, which is the extra batsman. If we do so, it'll be Liam Livingston. Personally, I think that's what I would take, but there is certainly a debate to be had there. Uh, the other option would be Sam Curran at seven. He's finished generally well for England in the past, and he can bowl. I think he's actually going to be more critical to our chances than people expect because he's one of our few solid death, death, yeah, death bowlers. Um, eight. Chris Wokes or Sam Curran, if we go batsman heavy. Wokes performed in the UAE in the last World Cup, but he can't bowl to the death. Again, it's a balanced thing. Rashid, I'll be controversial because I know he's quite highly regarded. I think he's been in decline for a couple of years. I don't think he can win us the tournament like he did in 2019. And that leaves 10 and 11, which are two spots that pick themselves for Wooden Topley. Is it a solid side? Yes. I would probably say it's strongest batting order in the World Cup. Where it loses out is it doesn't have a world-class opening bowler and it doesn't have a world-class death bowler. England would be nigh on the complete T20 side as good as any that we've seen in a long time if Archer were there to fill both of those roles. The fact he's not means I'm not confident enough to say we'll win. I think... It's a good enough side to easily get out of the groups. I think the death bowling will let us down as it did last year. 
if you need a basic guess of how we'll go, just look at how we went last year. I think we'll get a pretty much exact repeat. Ethan, Navad, what are your thoughts on this? I'll just say that I thought Mark Wood bowled very well the other night, almost in yes. a death style, actually. Mm-hmm. I know not in the last over, but towards the end, he played that well. Um, Ethan, on Navad? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting campaign last World Cup because they absolutely pretty much dominated that, I think, close game against Sri Lanka. Um, but then in semifinals, pretty much anything can happen. I think they've had a, a little bit of a, a mini rivalry with New Zealand. Um, but I, I think it'll be interesting considering who they'll play in, in that semifinal. And depending on their opponents, it, it's not it, any, anything can really happen in that, that semis and final. So, and if, if the toss goes your way as well, it's it'll be interesting. I think chasing is is so important if you look at the stats behind these teams. So basically it's about qualifying, trying to get the, the weakest possible opponent in the semis and then hoping the toss and conditions go your way. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Naval, anything to add? Yeah, I think um, I think mainly, and I'll get onto this in my with my points uh, on Sri Lanka and West Indies later on, um, if it's it's consistency. I think England have that aggression, but if they can maintain that consistency, they're definitely contenders for uh, this World Cup, just as they were last World Cup. Um, so, and I know Pearson commented on Alex Hales. I think if he he played brilliantly um, last game in Australia, so if he can maintain that consistency, I think he'll do very well. Josh Butler, um, I think, is really suited to these conditions. He, he it's it's just basically a a fun you know cricket uh, you know playing World Cup for him, and I think he'll do well. Um, in terms of bowling, I think that's where England's a little bit lacking. But, I mean, it's not terrible. It's We say bad, but it's it's not actually that bad. It's it's pretty decent. Mark Wood, as you said, uh, was quite good, I thought. Um, same with Sam Curran, he was decent. Um, and, yeah, Adil Rashid, a little bit of a mixed bag. I think I, I agree. He wasn't his peak. He's sort of gone past that a bit. He did have a really good uh, wicket uh, in, in the last game, but... Still, I think um, in the end, his figures didn't really reflect that. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how England perform. Yeah, well, one final thing I'd say is you might be, England might be quite lucky that Bairstow got injured, actually, and Alex Hales was brought in, especially for a World Cup in Australia. I saw an incredible stat today that since October 2019, Alex Hales has scored the most runs in Australia out of any player, Australian or otherwise, um, in all, like, T20, um, BBL tournaments and everything else. He has 1,586 runs. Glenn Maxwell second with 1,524. So, uh, yeah, he's in some great form in Australia. Um, that's for sure. Okay, who's who's next? Um, I've lost it again. India. India. Ethan. Well, it's a, always an interesting topic of discussion in India because I, I reckon outside of World Cups and major competitions, they're probably the best team in, in cricket. And when you get into World Cups and these major competitions, everything seems to go in the bin. I mean, having a look at their previous T20 series, they've only lost one series since 2018-2019 outside of major tournaments. And that was when they played their C team in Sri Lanka and they lost 2-1. I believe one of those games they played five batsmen and six bowlers. Um, So certainly a very strong team domestically, but... Even if you do have them as favourites for this World Cup, it, it is notable that they they did choke an Asia Cup just a couple of months ago, and they did choke last World Cup as well. So I mean, they've got all the players. It, it's it's all sort of a 
a mental game and a, a pressure game as well. We'll run through the lineup in just a minute, but they are certainly an extremely strong team chasing, as most teams are. Out of their last 20 losses, 17 have occurred when batting first. So only three losses out of 20 have occurred when chasing. But really, I think their bowling attack is when they're, where their main questions lie. Um, I think their lineup will look something like Rohit and Rahul at the top, Kohli three, Sky at four, Hardik five, Kartik at six, Axa Patel at seven, as Judeja is injured, and then a bowling attack of Bhuvneshwar Kumar, Harshal Patel, Ashwin, and Siraj. They do have some strong backups in Chahal, Deepak Chahar, Shami, Bishnoi, and Rishabh Punt even as well. So really, there's, there's no lack of depth. The question will be, can these quality players fire or or will we see a repeat of sort of what happened last World Cup where they lost the two big games and then absolutely dominated everyone else? I think what we might say here that we haven't said previously is that sort of four to six is arguably in the best form in, in cricket with Sky Hardik and Dinesh Kartik. Um, that's certainly a formidable batting lineup and you might even consider dropping a few catches early on just to postpone their arrival at, at the crease. Um, but I think if you do, if they can restrict teams to under 180, I think they'll they'll back themselves to chase that. Um, and it, it remains to be seen how they go in tournaments. That India-Pakistan game will certainly be uh, a big one as it was last year. Yeah, I know, Ethan, you, when you took that, those sort of questions over whether their bowlers are good enough, you say that their bats will be good enough no matter what, really, to do it. And I know, Pearson, you disagree a lot with that. I mean, I think that it's... I don't completely disagree. I think their lower middle order is very good. I think there's an argument to be had that their four to six is the best out there. I think Dinesh Kartik is arguably the best finisher around at the moment. I think... Hardik Pandya is always reliable and his bowling is very, very useful. And then Suyakumar Yadav is quite possibly the best T20 batsman in the world at the minute. Where I'm not fully trusting in India is their top three. If Kohli fires, they'll be fine. I just don't think their top three have the strike rates needed on what look, in my view, to be flat Australian wickets. If there's one... Like, and I've made this complaint about you before, perhaps harshly. When I say you, I'm referring to Australia for the viewers. Um, but I would, I don't trust them to chase big totals in a way I trust some other sides. And I think that's predicated on the fact they have Rahul, who strikes at 130, and Rohit, who also strikes at about 130 at the top of the order. But there's not much they can do. I think they'll definitely make the semis. Whether they get from the semis into the final and win is going to be difficult. It'll depend on whether their top three could go at a sufficient rate for me. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I guess it's like a lot of teams. As we say, there's big questions that um, will only be answered throughout the tournament, I guess. Um, but then another team now, the, the next team is one that, well, I don't know. It's, they've just sort of gone under the radar a little bit, I think, for the last since, well, for the last year, since that T20 World Cup where they did lose in the final, that's New Zealand, uh, of course. Yeah, well, you speak about going under the radar and I'll, I'll read out their opponents since that World Cup and, and you'll see why. It's, it's been uh, the Netherlands, Ireland, Scotland, the Netherlands again, West Indies, Bangladesh, and, and now in that 
series with Pakistan and Bangladesh. So, I mean, they, they haven't really played a, a big side till about a week ago. I mean, they've, they've been winning those games and Michael Bracewell's got some good stats to show for it. But you do question their ability to, to play against top teams. And to be, to be fair, New Zealand are a side like that where they don't really pop up until, you know, unexpectedly in the semifinals of World Cup. I, I think their team's going to be quite similar to, to last World Cup, if not the, the same. Um, I think the questions now are really how they structure their, their batting order. I think previously we saw Mitchell at the top of the order and Conway slotting in at four. They might reverse that and open with Conway and slot in Mitchell and Phillips at four, five, Nisham at six, which is a pretty strong lower order. Michael Brace, Bracewell at seven, probably keeps Sandner out of the side. Um, and probably no room for Mark Chapman either, who's been batting pretty well at a high strike rate. So another side with a bit of depth. They probably don't have the world beaters that other teams have. Kane Williamson struggling for a little bit of form as well. So I, I think they'll be in a real tangle with um, India and South Africa to uh, wrong group, sorry, a real tangle with Australia and England to to try and get that final spot. I, I don't think anyone's got them as favourites, but on their day, perhaps. It, it is notable that when we've talked about this before, that they always seem to struggle against Australia in Australia. So we'll, we'll see how they go in these conditions. I mean, they, they did make the World Cup final in 2015 in an ODI World Cup here. Um, but then again, a, a number of those games were played in New Zealand. And when they did come to Australia, they were whooped in the final. So, I mean, they might it's struggle on these pitches. Yeah. They, they might struggle on these pitches being substantially larger than the the, the tiny under-14 cricket grounds they've got in New Zealand. Um, but it, it'll be interesting to see how they go in those big games. Yeah, um, you said about them always being written off and um, Iram, one of our, our best, uh, probably the number one fan, I would say, of, of the podcast, um, I was asking him about his predictions and he said a very similar thing. He said, New Zealand always gets written off and proves people wrong, but I'm going to write them off again. <laughs> it is sort of how you feel about New Zealand a little bit at the moment. Anyone going to differ from that view? No, I think... Yeah, that's that's pretty spot on. I think Conway and Williamson are just too slow, um, like basically runnable. They're basically like two Steve Smiths in the side. You can't have that oh, in two twenty. So uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, they're, they're brilliant, you know, in Test, but not in T twenty. Wow. That actually does sum it up pretty well, actually. Um, Darwin Mitchell is is okay, but other than that, it's it's nothing special. I think their bowling attack is is decent, but other than that, yeah, nothing special. Yeah, they did have a, a good win against Pakistan in New Zealand today, yeah. actually, I think, restricting Pakistan to just 130. Um, and it was a strange game because I think I saw that Pakistan didn't hit a six in the entire um, match uh, for one of the first times in New Zealand or something. I forget the stat exactly, but, you know, on those on those postage stamp grounds, as you say, Ethan, it's quite a good effort to not let a team score one six for the entire match. Okay, uh, the next team, Pakistan. Who's got them? Oh, that is me. All right, well, I will run through them. It's a basic way of just explaining them in 10 seconds, and you'll probably be able to just flesh it out from here, is opener's great, middle order awful, bowling attack great. That's the basic distinction, is the openers are Baba and Rizwan, 
really they are the ones that carry the side. They certainly have in most of their recent games. There's an argument to be had that in their seven-game series against England, they should have lost 6-1. England bottled two of those games. In every game that they won, they were led almost entirely by Baba and Rizwan. In the one game that they undeniably deserved to win and wasn't an England choke, it was when they hit 200 without losing a wicket. So it's certainly going to be them that are probably the main crux of the side. You get to the middle order, that's going to be weak. I'm not sure who they will bat at three. I think that's going to be a big debate. At the moment, it's Shan Masood, but he's really not done much to confirm his spot. Thakar Zaman probably should play at three. That's probably who I'd pick. That seems to be the popular choice on Twitter as well. However, he's currently only a traveling reserve, so that shift may have to occur. Uh, the rest of the middle order, I think Shadab's actually a good shout at four. It took them a long time to pick him, but now that they have, I think he's a good chance. The rest of the middle order is tough to say. We'll see some configuration of Asif Ali, who I actually rate as a finisher. Mohammed Nawaz, who could bat five, could bat seven. No one really knows. And probably Iftikhar Ahmed joining them in that middle order. It's okay. It's nothing special. Of all the sides that I would list as potential winners of the World Cup, I'd say they have the most glaring weakness. Obviously, that weakness being the middle order. They do have a very, very good pace attack. However, I look at that pace attack and I think that could win them games. Shaheen is back. Nazim Shah is excellent. And Harris Ralph has been arguably the most improved player in T20 cricket. Spinners, Shadab will do fine. I feel like I'm forgetting someone that would bat in the 8 to 11, but I might be wrong. Regardless, it's a reasonably strong team. Will they win? No, because I don't think they have the middle order to do it. I think you put them on a flat pitch and their openers fail, they'll fall apart. I mean, we saw that against New Zealand. New Zealand lost. Well, New Zealand beat them with four overs to spare because both openers failed and they collapsed to 130 all out. These kind of things do seem frustratingly common for Pakistan. So can they make it out of the group stage? Yes. I think that group will actually be very interesting. But will they go on and win the tournament? Probably not. Yes, yeah, definitely. And as you say, Pearson, I think that Group 2 is going to be very interesting. They seem to always like to put India and Pakistan in the same group, together, get as many matches, uh, matches as they can between them. But I think compared to Group 1, that's definitely the closest on who's going to get those two places into the semifinals. Okay, next side, South Africa. Pearson, that's you again. Hey, it's me again. Um, this is, I actually, I'm going to come out with a slightly more controversial comment here. I think on paper, South Africa have the strongest 11 of any side in this tournament. Do I think they'll win? No. Why do I think that? Because they're South Africa. They don't win things. However, I rate them quite highly. They're not dissimilar to Australia, actually, in the sense of their biggest weakness is that their worst batsman is their captain and they can't drop him. It is a concern. They have their highest scoring player in T20 internationals this year doesn't make their team because they feel compelled to pick Bavuma. That's not a great position to be in. However, you look at the rest of that side and it's very, very good. Quinton de Kock is solid and consistent. 
Hopefully he doesn't get banned over random racial disputes like he did in the last World Cup. But if he stays out of controversy, <laughs> he can be useful at the top of the order. Riley Russo hit 90-odd on his one of his first games back and hit 100 soon after that. He looks in great touch. I think he's one of the players that will go under the radar but could end up being one of the highest scorers of the tournament. I'd look at Markram. We've seen particularly his form in the IPL has been superb. He may well have made the IPL team of the season from his exploits at four for, I think, Sunrise's Hyderabad. Um, David Miller is excellent. He hit South Africa's quickest ton or first ton in T20s. Not sure what the stat was only a few weeks back. So the top five is very solid. I am forgetting another top five bat, I'm pretty sure. I don't remember who bats five. I'm pretty sure Miller bats six, but I could be wrong here. Uh, if someone can fill me in, that'd be great. It's seven. They did... Stubbs. Is he, is he yes, it's Stubbs. You're right. Yes. Forgot about Stubbs. He's another interesting one. He's probably the most explosive batsman, which I quite like as a setup. He's young. He's exuberant. He could be dangerous. I think he's definitely someone that could win them a couple games. But although I think Navod overviews his consistency as an issue, I would agree with Navod here. His inconsistency could be a problem for him. Um, their biggest issue beyond Bavuma may well be an injury to their number seven. One of the best finishes and death bowls in the comp in the 2021 World Cup was Pretorius. He is missing the entire World Cup through injury. That's a big loss for South Africa. Who they replace him with will be interesting. It could be Peflaquayo. It could be Wayne Parnell. I'm not sure which one they'll go for. They seem to swap them over all the time in their warm-up games. But them performing will be big for them having a chance to win the World Cup. Bowling attack, as we know, is excellent. I think Maharaj and Shamsi are potentially the best spin bowling duo in the competition. And Norkir slash Ngidi slash Rabada, two of them. I think that's possibly the best pace attack in the comp. So are they a good side? Definitely. I think they'll just fall short, but I think they'll be a team that makes group two very interesting and that they have a very good chance of beating India, Pakistan, or potentially both of them. I mean, it must be noted, they beat England in the last World Cup. They won four of their five games in the group stage and were horribly unlucky to not get through to the next round. They only missed out because they lost very marginally to Australia in the opening game of the tournament. So and they beat they beat England just earlier this year as well in, in England, didn't they? Yes, exactly. Well, did they always I think Three it would have been a draw because of rain delays, but oh. I could be wrong there. Either the ODIs the, or the T20s, one of them got rained out. Yeah, I do remember was one one. Yeah. I'm not sure which one it was, but yes, I they definitely look dangerous. They're beating most sides they play at the moment. I know we spoke about Afghanistan as the dark horse and how that's a load of tosh. I would consider South Africa as my dark horse. They're a side not many people actually think can win. Yeah. I think they can. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll say now as well, because we'll get on to predictions a bit later, but mm. I've predicted them to do quite well. Um, potentially, but I, I think I'll, I'll get through their, their group over Pakistan, actually. I would go that far. Yeah. Just think their batsmen, as you said, um, a lot of power, and I also think their bowling lineup as well suited to Australia too, with the yeah. pace bowlers of Rabada and even their spinners of 
been shown, been pretty good over the years here as well. Although that, that might be going a bit far, actually. I don't think Maharaj has ever done a huge amount in Australia. But anyway, um, we should probably get cracking with the last two here. Navad, finally we get to you. It's been yeah. a while. But um, now you can wax lyrical about your, your great Sri Lankans. Yeah. It's been a while. Um, I'm still here. Uh, nice to see you guys again after such a while. Um, <laughs> You've but, been speaking a bit. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, um, so yeah, it's proud of saying I'm the, the special guest in this podcast, basically. Um, <laughs> so I'll be covering the last two teams, uh, probably the the match, the, the tournament winners, I think, Sri Lanka and West Indies. Um, Sri Lanka first. Um, I think. They've had a fantastic campaign uh, in, in yeah the qualifying the qualifying tournament. they'll dominate the qualifiers and, and then we'll uh, yeah we'll do we'll 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 beat everyone else as well. Anyway, um, Shraga had an amazing uh, Asia Cup campaign uh, as we've sort of alluded to uh, and we talked about I think in the last pod or the, maybe the one before that. Um, yeah, just an absolute fantastic campaign and it, it's those two key elements that really came together that. Um, I think is a good summary of that Asia Cup campaign, and that's aggression and consistency. There we go. Travis is on it as well. Um, it's it's something that we've previously lacked. It was it used to be both uh, around sort of a bit earlier last year. Um, it it was really we had no aggression. Everyone was really slow, and there was no consistency. Just continuously losing wickets quickly. Bowling was a little bit um, awry. It was just a, a bit of a mess. But I think it's now come to a stage where it's it's getting to, or it, it has in a way since we've won, um, you know, a major tournament that um, it's it's all coming together. And it's it's really shown in some of the statistics. I've been writing them down um, as uh, everyone else has gone through the teams, but uh, here we go. So Barnaka Rajpaksha in the Asia Cup uh, averaged uh, 48 and had a strike rate of 149. Absolutely fantastic. I think he was, he is the star of our batting lineup. Nisanka, a little bit less or more disappointing. 36 average, only a strike rate of 115. So he's one that needs to, and this has been a long time um, concern or critique of his, is he needs to be faster in T20. And I agree with that. Um, but in terms of consistency, he's got that. Uh, Mendes, 24 average, but the strike rate, again, quite healthy, 156. Dustin Sharnaka uh, is a good finisher um, in, 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 our, in our side. He's got a strike rate of 139. And Hasaranga, um, Hopefully we'll be able to replicate this, but a strike rate of 150, um, which is absolutely fantastic. And I think having that um, strong back end, but also quite capable openers, um, and I think number five in Varnaka Rajapaksha is really useful. Um, and I think that's that'll get us uh, really far. Um, in in terms of our bowling, our bowling is also quite strong. I'm, I'm a bit disappointed that Binor Fernando is only a reserve. He's not in the main squad. Um, he, he played really uh, beautifully when we toured Australia um, I think in February early this year, and he, he was quite good. Um, but he, hopefully he'll get to play. We'll see. But in terms of um, other stats, we've got Madhushankar, um, who averaged 25 uh, with a, with an economy of 7.75. I don't, I didn't take down how many wickets he took. That was a mistake. But um, nevertheless, Dikshana as well, always um, a good star. I think he's becoming a mainstay in the side with that carom ball, that very unique. Uh, bowling he has um economy of 27 average uh, sorry that's not right average of 27 economy of 6.75 uh, and madushan as well um a, a new player uh, all very young um 9.6 uh, 9.16 economy which is um sorry not 
Fine, I keep mixing them up. Nine, yeah, it is, yeah. Nine point one six average and an eight. It's not a good thing to mix economy. up, to be honest. Yeah, I, it isn't really. Yeah, it just makes them look bad. But no, no, it's 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 for the better. It's on the better side. So yeah, we're good. And obviously, you know, Hasaranga can't not go without uh, mentioning him. Absolutely fantastic player. I hope he really performs well. Um, I think he was. Maybe I'm getting this wrong. He was okay. I know he was second highest wicket taker in the IPL. It was something close in the last World Cup, but either way, he's good. This is the point. Um, so yeah, overall very good. Um, I think in terms of uh, weaknesses, um, there are none. No, I'm just kidding. There are a few. Um, <laughs> I think Gunathilika in that middle order is really dragging us down. He's just not quick enough. He has a terrible average. I just don't think he's quite good in ODI. I'll give him that, but I don't think he's that good. Um, in T20. I think he really brings that batting um, power that we we have compared to at least what we had last year. Um, it definitely brings it down. Charitasalanka was good and I really like him, but he's, he's suffering a bit um, out of form. And I think um, potentially that's a concern for Sri Lanka going into this tournament, whether Charitasalanka, if he does play, can get his form back up. Um, and bowling, I think it's just more of that... Um, that consistency that sometimes doesn't uh, that, that sometimes hurts us a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I think that's a good summary of where Sri Lanka are. Will we win the tournament? Definitely not. But I think we'll do. We'll, we'll come a respective third or fourth. I think. Yeah, well, it's good to see the Sri Lanka cricket propaganda campaigns going well. It must <laughs> be paying you a fair amount in the moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we really better get moving on. <laughs> Sorry, the and uh, the West Indies, yeah. what do you think yes. about them? The West Indies. So I have, I have less propaganda for the West Indies. Um, I think I, I've mentioned this before. I think they're quite a talented side, but they're sort of like Sri Lanka a few years ago where the puzzle pieces just don't fit together. And I think that's the main issue. You've got really good players um, like Kyle Mayers, who hit that wonderful six um, in, in the first game uh, against Australia, that cover drive for six, which is not cover drive, but it, maybe it was. Yeah, anyway, oh, it was yeah. fantastic. Lofton, Lofton, you invented a new shot. It yeah, exactly. Fun. It was fantastic. Um, Brandon King, um, again, really good. Um, Holder, uh, very good. But, I mean, it, it's it's just like the, the puzzle pieces just don't fit together for West Indies. You have one maybe player performing, but as soon as they lose wickets, um, they just fall into a shell and they just um, they just bundle up and, and don't really attack and it's something that they can do. You've got Robin Powell, which is an absolutely his absolute machine. We saw that in the IPL how good he was, mm-hmm. but um, it, at least in this series, I know it's only two games. He just didn't perform at all. Like a strike rate of eighty three is is absolutely abysmal in T twenty. So, um, and we know he's he can do better in terms of bowling. Um, I'm actually quite impressed by their bowling. It's not fantastic, but it, it's quite good. Alzari Joseph is the main star. Um, I think average of seven point six, an economy of four point seven in the two games he played, albeit, uh, but very good. Ended up with five wickets, so he, he's pretty good. Um, Odin Smith is another one, um, and Obed McCoy. They're all really good. Cottrell as well. And we've got Karaya, uh, a new leg spinner. He's quite a little bit old, but he's still a bit, a little bit talented. He's got some good um, deliveries. So I think it's just a matter of that continuing to just push on for West Indies, not fall into a, you know, a shell once things start going bad. And I think that's one of them. That's been a long-term weakness for West Indies. But will they win the World Cup? No. I think it'll be a very similar situation to the last World Cup where 
they are con- continuously losing, but they'll they'll probably win maybe one game against um, arguably a weaker side like Bangladesh. Yeah, it is a shame with the West Indies because, as you say, they do have a bit of talent. But I, I have to, to question their, their coaching a little bit at, at times. Um, I, I know in the games against Australia the other day, just the sort of just they looked a bit asleep at times. I don't, I don't know if there, were, there was jet lag or something, but uh, it, amount of singles and twos that they missed throughout the match, um, it was com- commented on on the coverage as well. Um, it's definitely not what's going to, to win you matches in a World Cup. So, uh, yeah, hopefully they, they lift for the tournament. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the previews of each team. Uh, I hope you listeners are, are fully uh, aware of all the strengths and weaknesses of every team now because a lot of research has gone into it. I can, I can tell you that much. Uh, but now it's time to get on to the exciting part of the podcast um, and to welcome our special guest, from today, um, Melbourne High School Cricket's very own Om Satija. Welcome to the show, Om. Thanks for having me, Ted. Yeah, uh, I probably I sold you a bit short saying that you're Melbourne High School Cricket. So, you, and what, what is the other team you play for in the um, in the district uh, competition? Dandenong. Dandenong, that's right. Yes, up and coming star, Om Satija. Um, so we've got you here for some predictions for the World Cup. Um, but first off, will you be attending any of the matches? I haven't booked any tickets yet, but I definitely will get around to some. I think Australia and England playing out at the G, so I'll definitely go watch that. Some good games, yeah. But And I think there's one happening right now, isn't there? So Ireland, so I didn't even know about that. But yeah, I'll definitely get down to a few games. Yeah, very good. Okay, so I guess the, the, the questions are, um, you know, who, who do you think is going to get out of, of both of the groups, first off, um, into the semis? Yeah, I've, uh, I've got three, three probably teams that a lot of people might back, and then I've got a bit of a dark horse. So I think, yeah, favourites being Australia, home turf, I think they'll make it through. Um, I'm saying England as well. I think they'll, they'll, they'll play well in these conditions. I'm putting New Zealand down. Uh, as as a third option, and I've got a dark horse in Sri Lanka. I know they they've yet to oh, come wow. fight, but I actually think with all the Lankan support and bloody Melbourne that we have, they would just will them on to to win somehow. So, uh-huh. um, yeah, and I, I so I'm I'm actually saying India will miss out. Um, I'm I'm putting that out, and I don't know about Pakistan and South Africa. I don't, I don't know. I think they're just a bit inconsistent. Obviously, they could have their good days and go well, but I'm putting Sri Lanka down. They're yet to qualify, of course, but if they do qualify, I'm saying that they're making the semis. <laughs> yeah. Well, that would be, that would be quite the uh, um, performance, winning, winning both, both tournaments there. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I like it. And we did actually have someone else um, in the, uh, another listener, Eon Fernando. Um, yeah. You know, the last name gives it away a little bit that he is also yeah. a Sri Lanka supporter. But he also said Sri Lanka. So. I'm saying Sri Lanka will make the same years, but I'm actually putting yeah. New Zealand down to win. New Zealand, okay. Mm. Yeah. I believe well, again a bit. It's it's probably more just to stir it up, but I think I don't know. I think New Zealand have lost the last uh, three sort of uh, white ball, you know, World Cups that they've been in yeah. at a final. So I think I think they'll finally get their way. Uh, yeah, I think I think yeah, fourth time lucky, whatever. So yeah, right. So what 
what do you think the, the weaknesses of, of Australia, England or India are there? Um, how's New Zealand beating them? That's my question. Yeah. Um, I watched some Finn Allen, Finn Allen batting today, so I'm just going to back him to to tear out, open the game against one of the big teams. Um, but I think even their, their spinners are pretty, pretty good, actually, um, which will, you know, play still a very big role here um spin uh, in the t20s and yeah I, I just think i think they're a pretty balanced lineup as well so uh, don't ask me why i just just get a good feeling that they are so look yeah I, i'm actually tipping them to go all the way <laughs> wow well you've hit you've heard it here first people if new zealand do go on to win it well uh yeah oh you you like a, a genius that's for sure yeah exactly <laughs> but i'm not betting on it just saying yeah, i'm just saying that might yeah. that, that's, yeah. that's it but i wouldn't put money on it yes it's very good um okay well we might go on to some other predictions we'll get back to you in a second though uh we'll go to you next pearson um just say it for the record stake what your predictions are well, I'm, I'm like, um, I'll pick four semi-finalists that aren't all from the exact same group so that they can actually make the semis. <laughs> um, those I four... didn't know the groups in my defence. I haven't checked. No, that's, that's fair enough. No, I don't blame you. No, England, New Zealand and Australia are all in the one group. And if Sri Lanka win their qualifying group, they also go into that group. Um, I'm predicting England and Australia to get through to the semis from that group the other group it'll be two of india pakistan south africa i think pakistan no actually i'll be controversial i think india is going to get knocked out in the group stage again that's my prediction i think australia will beat pakistan and i think south africa will beat england and then i think australia will win the final and be champions so Australia win with the four semi-finalists being England, Australia, Pakistan, South Africa. That's my prediction. Okay. Well, yeah, I think I agree with you. Yeah, England, South Africa, India, Australia. That's what I'm saying as well. Um, but then I'm saying an England-Australia final and for England to win. I'm saying I think last World Cup, they really should have done it, as, as we spoke about, and I think... They look good in Australia, um, and I think this will this will be the time. And they're too good. They've been too good a side in both one-day cricket and T20 cricket for the last five or six years, really, to only have the 2019 one-day World Cup to show for it. So I think this will be the one that um, they get for the T20s. Uh, Navod? Um, okay. Um, so I'm predicting semi-finalists. So that's the two top two groups, top two teams from each group, correct? Correct. Yeah, finals. Yes. Okay. This is confusing. I don't know. Um, Not really. Okay. <laughs> semi finalists. Um, I'll say Australia, England, I think, in that group A. As much as I'd like to have Sri Lanka there, I think it's a, I think we'll, we'll come third in our group. That's what I said in our predictors. Um, in, sorry, in, in my segment on Sri Lanka and how they're amazing. Um, I think we'll come third, but. We might come close, um, but I think it'll be ultimately thinking, you know, rationally, I think it'll be England and Australia in that group. Um, in the other group, I think it'll be India and South Africa. I think Pakistan will become really close, but again, that lack of middle order consistency will really hurt them. 
So I think, um, yeah, I think it'll be India, South Africa in that semifinal. And then in the final, I think it's going to be, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make a road call. I think it'll be India and England and India will win. That's my hot take. So no okay. Australia. Yeah, right. Ethan, you've just said that Navod fits many of the criteria required for delusion. So <laughs> you made your opinions quite clear. What do you yeah, I, I should really retract that statement because I think the end predictions are pretty much the same. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was more so on the Sri Lanka concentrated information. But yeah, I, I think Australia and England will qualify from Group 1. Um, I think India and South Africa from Group 2. I don't rate Pakistan. Um, and I, I think... It's all up in the air for the semi-finals, but I reckon India will beat Australia, England may beat South Africa, and then I think same as the board, I reckon India will edge England in the final. Yeah, okay. Wait, so who here is saying that Pakistan will get through? Me. I said <laughs> no, they you would said, knock out Oh, India. you said India would go out. Yeah, okay. That's yeah, I said they'd knock out India. Yeah, right. Otherwise, I think we're all saying um, South Africa over I just follow with India. Um, all right. Uh, we do have a couple other people who made their comments um, known, their, their views known. Alex Johnston, um, a keen listener of the podcast, he said that um, Pakistan, India, um, Australia and England um, would make the final. Uh, and Pakistan and India, uh, sorry, would make the semifinals for those four. And then Pakistan and India would get through to the final um, with Pakistan winning with the Mancad drama in the final over uh, to deliver the game for them, while Virat Kohli uh, would, would make a duck and drop a catch. So I'm not sure if this is a prediction or just trying to will it into existence. So, so yeah, but as you say, that, that may well start a war. Uh, so we probably, for the, for the good of uh, the world, we should be hoping that something like that doesn't happen. Uh, you probably have to say but interesting prediction nonetheless uh, and then Iran said Australia, England, India, Pakistan would make the semis and then Australia and India in the final with an India win um, so I think India winning has got the most votes at the moment Navad, Ethan, Iran all saying that Pearson saying Australia, I'm saying England um, Dion Fernando saying Jalanka uh, um, now, that looked, <laughs> now that you've looked at the groups, are you going to revise your predictions? Or, uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, now that I've seen the groups, <laughs> I'm still backing Sri Lanka. So that just means, and Sri Lanka will probably finish group, in group one. So I'm saying, um, <laughs> sorry, because all of my predictions are in group one. No, so obviously I'll say, uh, yeah, look, I'll put, Actually, no, I did Sri Lanka. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna say Australia, New Zealand make through. England uh, don't get through. I'm gonna put that. Wait, out. so your winner is now knocked out in the groups? <laughs> no, no, no. New winner of the winner. Remarkable consistency. Sri Lanka was my semi-finalist dark horse. Sri Lanka were never gonna win it. They were just gonna make yeah, it. Yeah, true. And, I'll you know, take that. I'll add some hope for the people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, New Zealand will win it. Uh, New Zealand, Australia will get through in group uh, one, so Trans-Tasman fair. And group two, 
Um, I'm still not, not saying India is going to get through. They're just a bunch of selfish dogs. There, so they, <laughs> they have their own cultural greed. They've got they've got some cultural issues to sort out, mate. Like, <laughs> yeah. I've never seen a captain. Bottom. I've never seen a captain in an Asia Cup game spit at their bowler for dropping a catch. Like that's yeah. that's unprecedented. Yeah, that Right, here. Indian, yeah. Indian viewers have turned off the podcast now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> talking about the end. Yeah, so Rohit Sharma's got to seek some counselling. Um, I think <laughs> we've got. So okay, look, I'm not. I'm still not sold on. Ah, May look, I, I, Pakistan. I like Shadab Khan. I think he could carry them through with two. But you know, they they need a lot to go right. South Africa. I'll put South Africa up there. Um, to, to make my predictions are completely different now. So South Africa will, will get in. Uh, uh, so we've got Australia, New Zealand, Group 1, and I'll put South Africa, Pakistan, Group 2. Okay. Who wins the tournament? Yeah. New Zealand. New Zealand still wins. New Zealand oh, still wins. So England and India don't make it into the semis. That's what I'm putting. Okay. Wow. Which will, which will yeah. rock world cricket. It will. Yeah. And in revenge, they'll, they're just going to play like five series a year against each other and leave out all the associate nations. <laughs> yeah. The, to be fair, that regardless of results, that'll happen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, uh, yeah, that definitely yeah. An interesting prediction then. Um, and that yeah, could well happen, you know. Um, I do have on the poll that we put up on our Instagram page today, we also had. 42% saying Australia would win, 33% saying India, um, 25% saying someone else, um, which was mostly Sri Lanka, actually, reflecting Navod's success at getting half our audience being Sri Lankans, I think. <laughs> um, and no one saying that England would win, actually, not even Pearson, who did, uh, yeah, no, obviously not Pearson, um, he says Australia will. So, yeah, that's it. I don't even think Australia will make the uh, final, person. <laughs> Yeah, right. I don't. I think I think Australia will get knocked out, knocked out in the semi. Yeah, well, I think it's that that sort of tournament that it could happen because the teams are pretty closely matched, and especially in T Twenty, as we know, um, anything can happen on the day. I guess the other question is as well: Do we think that um, sort of uh, the winning the toss is going to have as much of an effect? Um, as it did in the 2021 P20 World Cup, because we know that I'm not sure the exact stats, but basically every team who batted, um, who, who chased, uh, won, or at least in, in the big matches. Do you think on Australian pitches that's still going to have the same effect, guys? I don't it's, think so. I think oh, there's, sorry, Pearson. Uh, there's, no, uh, no, you go. I think there's less of that due factor that occurs in Australia yeah. than it does in like the UAE or, or, or somewhere like India. Um, and, and because of that, I think it's less of a, um, yeah, there's a less of an advantage in, uh, in chasing, but there is, I think there is still to a, to a less, less of a degree there, to, sorry, to some of a degree, there is still um, a little bit of an advantage, but I think um, not as much as what we saw last year. Yeah. So anyone disagree with that? It's a very yeah, measured response. So, yeah, I think it, it will. It, it's still going to be advantageous chasing. I think just the future of T Twenty cricket is going to be chasers generally win. But I do think, as Navod said, with the due factor, I think there will be a lot less of an impact than there was in the previous tournament. But you look, Australia's won. What was the stat you said? Thirteen in a row 13, chasing yeah. until 
the other night. So there clearly is an advantage in Australia. I just don't think it can possibly be as much as it was in the last tournament because the bar was set very high there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. The other thing I wanted to say, we made the comment the other night, why I said to you, Pearson, that I think that uh, T20s um, are best when they're played in Australia. I think our pitches are the best suited. They've got... Um, enough for the for the bowlers, both pace and spinners, um, but also you can get pretty consistently high scores on it as well. Do, would everyone agree with that? Yep, I'd agree. Good. Very, very concise. Anyone else? <laughs> Good. <laughs> Ethan's still thinking, I think. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah it I, I, I don't know. Cause I'm, th- I'm thinking about our domestic league, which is yeah. in, in the bin. And then, well, but yes, but, is, but that, is, is that player and fan quality rather than the pitch? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, well is, the is it the best pl- place to play cricket Even in the country? Yeah, we, we don't sell out our grounds for T20s. No. Well, no, the grounds are well, I think, as I understand oh, it, the argument is just the best place in terms of visually watching and the pitch quality is Australia. It doesn't mean they have the best atmosphere. I mean, India win everything when it comes down to best atmosphere. But yeah. if you had a packed crowd at the MCG, I think that's more conducive to a great game of cricket than a packed crowd anywhere else for T20s. Mm-hmm. That would be my argument. Yeah. I think you are right, though, Ethan, that even when you just look at how the matches go in the BDL, over the last few years, they probably have been more dominated by the ball, would it be fair to say? Yeah. Um, but... I guess, you know, you could just say that's because we don't have the best batsmen. Does that transfer to international T20s? I don't think it does. That would be my question. I feel like there's more high-scoring games in internationals than there are in Big Bash. Mm. Although there was that stat I brought up on a previous pod about how few you've won chasing over 160. So maybe Mm. I'm wrong here, but I don't know. I, I, I quite like watching T20s in Australia. I just wish they had more people in the crowd. Yeah. Okay, well, it's been a big podcast, but um, I think as a preview, we needed it. Um, thanks again for coming on. On uh, Has your cricket season started yet? Mate, we're going to be starting February at this rate, having that much rain on Friday nights and stuff. But uh, no, I, I think we'll get on this week. Um, yeah, yeah, right. The last two weeks were cancelled. Yeah, that's no good. And who was the uh, – was it um, Paddington who, who's come back and uh, – Asserted his dominance. In yeah, yeah. He just showed up last week for a training, and just before you know it, like uh, an hour later at the season launch, oh, he's captain. Just thinks he can show up for one training, and all of a sudden take over the club. Um, <laughs> clearly, clearly a bit out of his. Uh, no, no, but that's it's a good thing actually. But um, he's because he's got no 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 professional commitments at least for the, for the short term future. Yeah, yeah. he's going to come back. I think he'll play. Apparently, he'll play about eighty to ninety percent of games. Hopefully, um, yeah. Good to hear. Uh, Yeah, all the best with your season. Um, And thank you, Pearson, Navod, Ethan, um, and thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week, uh, probably after the first couple games of the World Cup. Um, And uh, yeah, hopefully, can give you some live coverage coming from the games as well. Well, that might be promising a bit too much. But anyway, thank you all for listening. Goodbye. Thank you.